Okay, welcome everybody to Sunday at Oan. I can't tell you how happy I am to see you all, each of you. Um, obviously, made, you made a choice to come here today, and uh, it's a really generous choice um, because there's nothing here that would earn you what I call brownie points. Uh, you know, you're not being responsive to family pressure, you're, to your religious training background. Um, you, you know, you're not going to make good business connections here. <laughs> you hardly talk to anybody. So you're putting out a lot of effort um, just to get here and be here. Uh, so it must come from here. Because it's not coming from, from anything outside. Um, and also you're not getting anything obvious, except maybe a life worth living. <laughs> um, so thank you for showing up and supporting one another. Uh, because it's not easy to practice on your own. So uh, your energy and your presence uh, is very, very meaningful, uh, certainly to me, uh, and, and I suspect to others. It's really great to, for us to see our, our spiritual family, uh, spiritual family members. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been focusing on the Heart Sutra, which we again recited today. <clears throat> And I want to focus this morning on one of the lines in the Heart Sutra. The Bodhisattva relies on prajna paramita. Thus, thus, the mind is without hindrance. Without hindrance, there is no fear. Fear is a very fundamental emotional state that is at the core of a lot of our suffering. And I am always surprised to find how often the Buddha refers to fear as the foundation of our difficulties, our distress. So to have it appear here in the, the Heart Sutra as the one emotion that the absence of hindrances in the mind frees us from, we are free of fear, and thus we're liberated. So being free of fear, and fear takes many, many forms, is actually a very uh, specific way of describing what our practice is all about, which is liberation, being, feeling free and feeling joyful and feeling open and safe in our lives. So fear governs a lot of what we do. <clears throat> and the, the sutra claims that when we see deeply, prajna paramita, what does that mean? It's the perfection of wisdom. It's wisdom beyond wisdom. 
So when we experience that kind of wisdom, not the wisdom of um, someone who's old and experienced and, and has all kinds of life advice. You know, we say someone is wise, that they've lived long, they've experienced life, they can give good advice. They have. That's, that's a wisdom, but we're talking about wisdom beyond that which is a wisdom so deep that we see into the nature of reality. And according to the sutra, what we see is emptiness. We see the emptiness of all things. And I have been using, we are talking about the, the verbal form of this. I have been using the term emptying we see how all things are emptying constantly, emptying of separateness, emptying of substance, emptying of independent existence. So that's the kind of wisdom that this sutra is referring to, a wisdom that sees, sees deeply into who we really are, what things really are. And that kind of wisdom frees us, frees us from the hindrances in the mind and thus makes us happy. Because of course, in our, in our loving kindness sutra, we speak, we say, may all beings be happy. I'm always so moved by, by that, uh, that wish. May all beings be happy. Can we actually feel that and, and experience that, uh, what we call sympathetic joy. Uh, may all beings be happy. That's all we really want, right? We just want to be happy. And to be happy in our practice is to be free. <coughs> free of fear. Free of the hindrances in our minds that are driven by fear. So today I want to focus on one of those hindrances because um, last week at tea, I promised to talk about time. <laughs> and, um, and I'm also responding to Michael's uh, expression of hope that his feeling happy and good and all things are going well and saying, I, I don't want to let go of it. I'm waiting for the, the other shoe to drop, right? So here you are, uh, you know, enjoying your life, feeling good about things, and yet there's that fear that something's going to happen to disrupt that. So you, you can see how fear is so... It doesn't have to be this um, terror of things... Fear is very subtle. It creeps in, in all the nooks and crannies of our lives. So I, there are four, excuse me, five hindrances. As we say in Buddhism, Christians love God and Buddhists love lists. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this is an oral teaching. So uh, it was only written down hundreds of years after Buddha taught. And so people had to memorize things. 
Um, and so it lists, you know, we keep lists, to-do lists. And Buddha's disciples kept lists. So this is a list of five hindrances. And I think probably you can identify with them. Hindrances, particularly when you're meditating, in the life of the meditative life, we call it practice life, practice life. The first one is attachment, which is, I want this to stay. <laughs> you know, I, I, want, I want this to be permanent. I want to hold on to this. That's attachment. And that can, that can be a hindrance because you're so tightly fixed on that that you can't experience the flow of life. Maybe something better will happen. <laughs> And you're attached to this, right? Uh, so that's, that, that's a block. And then aver- aversion, which is, you know, attachment is I want this, and I want this to stay. And aversion is, I don't want that. Uh, you know, it's, and sometimes it's expressed as hatred or um, dislike or just, I don't want that. Uh, I don't want losing. I don't want what's to come. I don't want to see that drop, that other shoe drop. <clears throat> so, so so much of our lives are governed by I want this and I don't want that. I sometimes I express it suffering is I want what I don't have and I don't want what I do have. So you, you kind of can recognize the way that plays out in your life. It's constant. It's too hot in here. <laughs> you know, it's too sunny. It's whatever. I want this. I don't want that. The third one is boredom. Has that ever, has that ever come up in your sitting practice? Boredom? No. <laughs> Ever feel just bored? When is that bell gonna ring? <laughs> you know, I can't. I'm just so bored sitting here, right? Or you're repeating some activity like doing the dishes. So boring. Uh, just having to take out the trash or mow the lawn or. <laughs> Back and forth. This is so boring. Okay? That feeling of sometimes in Buddhism it's called sloth, which is gives you a sense of how kind of unpleasant it is. Um, or torpor. Uh, it has that yucky feeling, like, ooh. And the other the next one is restlessness. So I see that. And I see that in myself on your cushion, you know. <clears throat> and restlessness and boredom, I, I really see those as very connected. So when, when you're beginning to feel bored, you start getting restless. And the restlessness itself kind of has a boring feeling to it. You know, I just can't, I can't find something. I can't find a place to settle. I, I, I can't stop. And the last one is doubt. And that is a very profound 
hindrance, particularly with respect to this practice, uh, because it probably will occur to you at some point, particularly if you continue practicing, you know, what am I getting? What am I getting from this? Uh, why am I doing this? I, I could be out you know, swimming today. I, I could be out partying. I could be out, I could be cleaning my house, right? Um, I don't see any results. I don't see anything obvious. As I often say, you're giving all this effort to practice and you're getting nothing back, nothing obvious, right? So it's, you know, we've had people come here, uh, beginners who, who come for a couple of weeks and they come up to me and say, Mado, you know, I've been practicing for a couple of weeks, nothing's happening, I'm not a lot enlightened yet. That's, what is it? What's with this practice? So it's doubt. It's, you know, practicing and practicing and practicing and my life is just as miserable, maybe even more miserable than it was before I started. I'm noticing more things. I'm, I'm more sensitive. Um, so why should I continue? So doubt, doubt, doubt can actually stop you from practicing. It can, it can cut it out completely. Whereas the others can probably be addressed um, in one form or another. But today, I want to focus on boredom and restlessness. And boredom has to do with time, doesn't it? Why is it when we want things to go quickly, like meditation, <laughs> they seem to take forever. I remember as a kid, uh, I was sitting in, we call it my stoop, in front of the building, and watching all the high school kids walk by. When am I ever gonna get to high school? It's just seeming to take forever. You know, I want to grow up, and I want to be like those kids, and I just keep being, a, you know, an elementary school. I just can't seem to grow up fast enough. And now, being 80, I want things to go slow. <laughs> and they are speeding up. They are just going so fast. So why is it when we want things to go fast, they go slow. And when we want them to go slow, they go fast. Hmm. It might be that time, time, is not real. <laughs> that the way we experience time is totally a matter of our own minds. Because it changes, you know, when we want things to... So boredom, we could say, we could say a lot of things about boredom, but one of the things we could say is that it feels like a boring life is kind of, um, I'm using the word, underloaded. That it doesn't have enough 
kind of juiciness, kind of richness to it. Uh, and it's kind of flat. Um, it's, it has a kind of sameness to it. And a restless night, a life, which is connected with boredom, we become restless when we feel that kind of flatness uh, to it. We want some stimulation. Can be described as an overloaded life, a life that is going too fast. Perhaps everything at some point in our lives becomes boring, right? You notice that? Um, your job becomes boring after a while. Your friends become boring. <laughs> um, your haircut becomes boring. Your wallpaper becomes boring. Your furniture becomes boring. After a while, you know, think you get kind of familiar and used to things, and then they just kind of flatten out. Even you might be, I mean, I often feel I'm bored with myself. Like, I'm so boring. And it's hard to sit with this boring self uh, and just face the fact that I'm not that exciting. <laughs> you know? um, so I'm boring myself with my same patterns and my, my same trains of thought and values. We could say when we wear out the newness of things, maybe our dramas, <laughs> when we wear out our toys, uh, when we wear out the excitement, our games, our stories, um, boredom arises. And then, of course, then we look quickly, quickly for what I'm calling boredom busters. What can I do? <laughs> you know, call a friend, go for a hike, uh, go kayaking, uh, you know, remodel my kitchen. <laughs> anything, anything to get rid of this, this feeling of flatness, of sameness. So what we see in boredom is, you could say, a kind of reality. If we look at, and that's partly why we sit the way we do. I mean, we actually cultivate boredom. We cultivate not doing a lot, not being distracted a lot. And you can feel it when you're sitting on your cushion. You know, the restlessness, uh, the, the boredom of it, uh, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. We, our lives are in constant motion, right? Everything is always moving, moving, moving. And when we sit down, it's like the inertia of our forward momentum. It's just like... <laughs> We keep going in some way. Either our minds or our bodies just continue to, to move. And we can't, we can't, it's hard to put the brakes on. So 
I want to use this image of a movie. We can, re- we can regard our lives as a movie, as, as a film. And when we, when we experience a movie, we're experiencing an ongoing, unstoppable action. You know, things are always happening in a movie, right? You don't see frozen, <laughs> you don't see frozen people or frozen landscape or it's everything is moving just as our lives. But if you actually take the film strip and hold it up to the light, you see that there's no motion at all. Every single frame is still, right? Nothing is happening in that particular frame. And in the next one, (laughs) there's not even kind of a next one. It's each frame is completely still. So what gives it the illusion of moving? It's the projector, you know, kind of moving that, those sequence, that sequence of stillnesses fast. I think there is something like 40 frames a second in a, in a movie. But each one, so there really is no motion as such. There's no time. Time does not exist. Each, each frame of our lives is still. Sort of a little hard to kind of grasp that, right? So what does it mean to be bored? It means that it's really hard for us to live in that frame. We have no tolerance for living in the still frame. And thus we become restless and we want to go to the next frame because the next frame seems like, okay, we're getting somewhere, we're doing something. But the next frame is also only still. So there's a story um, about this disciple. It's always, always by a stream. The master is sitting by the stream. And the disciple comes along and says to the master, I am really bored with my practice. My breath, I just, I'm just so bored with breathing, just breathing in, breathing out. It's just, and the master takes him by the hair. Well, he didn't have any hair. So he just takes him by the head. <laughs> and he pushes, he pushes this, head under the water in the stream until the disciple starts choking and struggling and then the master lets him up and he says, what about your breath now? Mm. How's your breath, (laughs) boy? 
you know. This is, this is life. This is the still frame. This is being where you are. And often we, we say, if you're bored, you're not paying attention. That's what I, I often say. If you're bored, you're not paying attention. You're intolerant of living in that still frame, which is your life. So it's, we think of go, 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 and think this is life. But it's really stop, 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 stop. This is when we do kinheen. I'm encouraging you after you take a step to stop. Freeze frame. <laughs> Inhabit the frame. Inhabit this. I'm not even going to say the present moment. I'm kind of, kind of become bored <laughs> with the present <laughs> moment <laughs> with that way of expressing um, our practice. Because, you know, the present moment really doesn't exist. The present moment is only relative to the past and to the future. Unless we have a past and a future, we don't have a present. It doesn't, it's meaningless, right? So forget about being in the present moment. Because the present moment doesn't exist. And people really struggle. Oh, I'm trying to get the present moment. <laughs> Where's that present moment that I'm supposed to be in? Let, let go of, of that. I mean, if you want to. I'm not ordering you to. <laughs> Just see what happens if you let go of the present moment, of this idea that I have to be in the present moment. Because really, it's not the present moment. It's just a frame uh, that exists with your presence. It's your presence. Not There's no moment that's independent Time. There's no time is empty. It doesn't. It doesn't exist. I, I know this is difficult. I've been struggling with this all week, uh, giving this talk, and I'm still confused about it. So, just join me. Uh, but it's it's really worth exploring. Um, it's 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 fascinating to to understand what these hindrances are and how they, how they function in our lives and how, how we can actually be free of them. So our practice is to, to experience boredom completely because that, instead of a hindrance, it becomes a gateway into the timelessness of our lives. When you are sitting here without any stimulation, without any restlessness, and just completely inhabiting your presence, time does not exist. Unless your mind kicks in and says, I wonder what time it is. I wonder when the bell's going to ring. That's, that's the hindrance. This is, this is the real hindrance, the discursive mind. 
But if that discursive mind didn't kick in and you were simply inhabiting this frame, this frame and this frame and this frame, you would be living in eternity. There would be no time. And that's why we say in, in Zen practice, no birth, no death, no coming, no going. Just this. In this frame, time does not exist. What a wonderful way to live. Timelessly. Totally absorbed in each frame of our lives. Without going forward into the next, you know, to rev up the projector so that it really feels like something is happening, but really nothing is happening. It's all, it's all in here. <clears throat> okay. I titled this talk this morning, What Gets in the Way? And these are the hindrances, the things that keep us from being free. And fear is one of them. So don't be afraid of boredom. Don't be afraid of coming here. And you're not, obviously, because you're here and you're sitting on these cushions. So you're working with the fear of boredom. You're working with the fear of your life stopping and not moving on and moving on. So if we can become, if we can become comfortable with boredom and actually deeply experience it, we have a window into eternity which is a pretty fantastic thing, I think. Um, this is freedom. Boredom and restlessness can be experienced kind of simultaneously. For example, if you're on... if. Uh, if your life is moving very quickly and, with, and you're with a, a, let's say you're on a bus and unfortunately you're sitting next to somebody who's very talkative and is constantly, constantly stimulating you with stories about him or herself. Uh, and even though that's very, very stimulating, action is happening, you can be totally bored. You can be bored by that continual stimulation. And similarly, uh, you can be uh, restless in this inhabiting of the, f the frame of boredom, obviously. It's something it's not we can't tolerate. It's something intolerable. And that intolerability is fear. And what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of when we're sitting here totally bored or at home totally bored or restless? What are we afraid of? That's a good question, isn't it? I don't have the answer. But there's, there's a fear driving 
driving that, that intolerance of boredom or restlessness. And it's our practice to be liberated. And that's what we do on this cushion. That's what we have the opportunity to discover. Prajna paramita, wisdom beyond wisdom. Seeing into the emptiness of time, to the emptiness of our own self, and to simply inhabit whatever arises, frame after frame after frame. 